0: everyone and welcome to episode one why Agile Management Office was born this is in response to a question I get commonly asked as to why I'm so passionate about PMO first of all but also why I created Agile Management Office what was the key drivers and the push for me to create um, a new business Um, for those who don't know Agile Management Office came into existence two and a half years ago and I thought that I would share a little bit more as to what drove me to that point Firstly, I thought it would be a really good start to give you a little bit of my background. Um, For those who don't know me very well, apart from my family, which is my number one love in life, my other two loves are helping people and the PMO space. When I was just 17 years old, I had the opportunity of undertaking a traineeship within an organization where I got to learn um, all facets of project management. It's effectively where I fell into project management and fell in love with project management. At the same time as working um, within this organization, I also had the pleasure of working within a couple of other organizations at the same time. I was one of those crazy teenagers that held three jobs um, and I thoroughly enjoyed what I was doing. My, my, second, my second role was, was in retail. So my, my entry level into the workforce was in retail first and then project management second. Um, and I also had an opportunity to do some sales early on in those years. Working within uh, the corporate space since I was 17 and falling into project management, uh, coincidentally through supporting a project manager um, in an organisation that I used to work for many, many years ago, I had the opportunity to work on some large scale SAP programs of work something um, that I would say if you're going to get into project management and you get an opportunity to work on you know large-scale global implementations of SAP is a really good opportunity to to get um, you know get at the forefront of project management and learn about some some really complicated um, projects. It was a really good opportunity for me um, especially being being so young to actually experience this full cycle of project management and actually have the opportunity to work with some really strong people within that space. Since then, I continued to work within the corporate space. Over the last fifteen years, I've done a number of different roles across projects, uh, programs, pMO, uh, UAT, implementation, um, to name a few. And those roles were across a number of different industries and organisations globally. I've had the opportunity with some companies to work uh, with uh, 15 different countries. I've had the opportunity to to present in Denmark um, on international project management with the University of Aarhus. I've also had an opportunity to work in industries such as mining, pharmaceuticals, banking, um, transport, media, to name a few. I am in no means an expert in any particular methodology. Um, I find positives in many um, of the ones that exist today, Um, but I have had the experience of working and and or certifying in in PRINCE2, Agile, PIMBOC, P3O, and the SAP methodologies as well. In addition to having the opportunity to work in this space and actually experience working with um, incredible people in those organisations over the last 15 years, I've also had um, a a really strong connection to the mental health space and so about four or five years ago I took an opportunity with Beyond Blue as a volunteer and I volunteer on a part-time basis with them Um, and I've had the privilege of doing that now for for almost five years. Helping people through the work I do with Beyond Blue is something I'm really extremely passionate about and have taken that into Agile Management Office as well. Um, as, as part of our business, we are regularly uh, supporting Beyond Blue as well. With my company, AMO, I have the most amazing team. Most of us, um, for those who don't know, have worked together since before Agile Management Office started. It's been a really good opportunity for us to uh, to get together and experience all things um, all things Agile Management Office. So now talking about um, Agile Management Office um, and the key drivers for for myself creating Agile Management Office, when you get an opportunity to spend 15 years in the corporate space, you, you see a lot of things. Many of them are good things and some of them are not so good. You get to experience the good side of project management and also sometimes the not so good side of project management. There's a lot of uh, hard work and a lot of dedication needed to get some projects over the line. My my f- uh, favourite part of working within the projects and program space has happens to be within the PMO. And I had the opportunity um, over the last 15 years to spend most, most of my time actually in a PMO office, whether it's an enterprise PMO and setting them up whether it's working within a portfolio-level PMO, a program-level PMO, or just a basic project PMO. I've had the opportunity of actually experiencing um, all sorts of sizes PMOs across a number of different industries. And as a result of working in projects small and large, I got to see how PMOs operated across different countries. For example, I had the pleasure of working with PMOs in Australia, in New Zealand, across um, some of the Asia countries and Pacific as well. As well as doing um, those roles with those companies, I actually also got to experience how PMO varies across industry. Um, For example, in the banking and financial space, you'll find that the PMO PMO governance requirements uh, will vary vastly to say a pharmaceuticals organisation and and even a, a transport business. So you get to experience a lot when you work across industries, and my goal has always been to work my way through different industries to get that experience to enable me to be better at my job um, than I than I possibly could be. Now, during those during those times where I worked across all those organisations and those industries, I went through um, a, a varied um, varied experience around. PMOs where sometimes I would come into a PMO working at the entry level, sometimes I would come into a PMO and set it up and sometimes I would come in and help fix a PMO and come in at the end of, of the cycle. Regardless of what type of PMO organisation that I came in um, into, I actually did see, um, see a, 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 a sort of seen a repetitive theme that was happening along the way. And one of those things that I was seeing over and over and over again was the revolving door of PMO managers and teams. I personally recall once a role that I was in um, a few years ago where I came into an organisation to take on a PMO role for a portfolio of programs. And within that specific portfolio, I had come in to replace Three previous PMO managers who were in that role at the time. Now, coming into an organization and being told that you are the fourth PMO manager to take on that responsibility comes with a lot of questions. Why am I the fourth PMO manager coming into this role? Why did the previous three PMO managers not stay around or were let go or did not continue past however long that they were there for? And why is it necessary to have? for PMO managers in the exact same function. Now if you think about the cycle of a PMO and the cycle of a PMO is quite it's quite frequently occurring in a way that is repetitive and I'll give you an example. What I'm seeing more and more is the cycle of the PMO today is a new PMO manager comes on board That PMO manager will come with their own personal experiences, um, personal understanding of different methodologies and have their own perspective on how things should operate in a PMO. And that's okay because we're all individual. And that PMO manager will come into the PMO and they will either pick up where someone left off or set it up from scratch. Let's assume they're setting up the PMO from scratch. They're coming in, they're looking at what's there, they're having conversations, re- initiating conversations with stakeholders, understanding the requirements and defining the necessity, necess- necessary requirements rather, for what is needed to occur in that PMO. Sometimes there's team members involved in addition to a PMO manager, sometimes there may not be. Regardless of that, the PMO manager continues to do the, the, the carrying on of, of work and, and helping run the function and supporting the teams that, it, that the PMO is there to support. Now, for whatever reason, at a point in time, whether it's three months, six months, nine months or two years down the track, the PMO manager in that particular role decides to move on, is either let go, their contract's not extended, their goal and care is late, whatever the reason might be, the PMO manager moves on. Then what happens? The internal recruitment teams or the external recruiters who are helping out the organization will go out and put an advertisement and they will start recruiting a new PMO manager replacement. They might have someone internally and so interviews are conducted and then a new PMO manager is uh, identified and placed um, within that department or team and then takes on the responsibilities of running a PMO. Now, many, many times, and I've seen this occur so many times in my personal experience, and I know others who will agree, the PMO manager that has just been hired to come into the organization and take over this function, this PMO that's in existence already, will very, very likely start the process of embedding and setting up a PMO process that suits the way that they have run PMOs to date. Not every PMO manager is able to pick up some complex tasks um, that other PMO managers did before them. For example, I've come into PMOs before where very, very complex. Um, dashboard, Excel dashboards were implemented and they were not handed over and so they weren't able to be used efficiently by myself um, going forward. Um, Whereas other PMO managers might be extremely uh, talented in that space but then have some other challenges in other areas or may not feel that a particular part of the PMO is functioning as well as they would like it to or feel that it needs to change. Whatever the reason may be, the PMO manager will start Reinitiating with stakeholders, re-identifying needs, looking at processes, reviewing and assessing what needs to change, probably implementing new reporting uh, pro- protocols or templates and whatnot. And they will do this until they get to a point where they have a PMO function that operates the way that they feel is, is necessary for the function. But let's just hypothetically say that that PMO manager moved on again. Now this is a real scenario that's happening in organizations everywhere. I can't tell you the amount of times that I personally came in and replaced a previous PMO manager, but also know many people who have as well. If you think about that example for a moment, you can see that every single time we're reinitiating a PMO, we're reinventing the wheel in most in most instances. It's neither efficient nor is it effective good governance, and organizations overall are suffering as a result. Of the uh, Of the organization 's changes in that in those pmos it 's not happening just in one department; it actually happens across organizations and it 's very, very common. Um, the bigger the organization, the more complex the pMO structures are, and the more complex uh, complexity around how many times this actually occurs. When you think about the traditional pMO models, they traditionally use a one size fits all approach, albeit there are some pMOs that are starting to move away from that. Uh, many of the ones that I have seen um, or 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 are aware of um, have traditionally had a one size fits all now i 'm not saying that there is not a small medium large uh, you know differentiator between um, how, what kind of support projects that are small get compared to large, but in terms of the approach taken for a particular project or program regardless of the size it 's very it 's a very, um, it's a very uh, sort of inflexible and um, in, in addressing the needs of those departments and those organizations it's it's effectively wasteful um, it's unproductive and the traditional governance models that exist um, are very um, very time consuming sometimes to set up um, they can be quite complex and the model will vary as often as the resourcing does as I outlined earlier so what happens? Often as a result of this, there's so much duplication that's occurring. I've seen duplication in organisations from one department to another and they're effectively doing the same task with the same outputs that's going to the same board. It it effectively um, imp- impedes delivery as well because every time there's a change in PMO manager or or, or a particular approach in the PMO or a process, What happens is that the PM community or the BAs or the, you know, the test, whoever it is that's within that department um, in that team has to then get up to speed with the changes that are happening. And so it impedes delivery and actually can impede um, the teams from doing what they need to do or doing it as efficiently as they need to. And then as a result, it can impact speed to market. So seeing this occur in a number of organisations and, you know, uh, personally being one of those Pmo managers that came through the revolving door of Pmo, as I like to call it, I just felt that this was not an effective way of doing things, and there had to be a better way. I mean, Pmos have been around from as early as the 1930s and a lot more uh, commonly, a um, uh, commonly uh, discussed and and made um, in sorry uh, brought to more um, more this mainstreaming around the 1950s. But overall, the concept of PMO has not really changed that much. And so after seeing the constant rework, the duplication, the inefficiency in process, the revolving door of PMO managers and the unproductivity that occurs as a result of reinventing the wheel time and time again, I felt there had to be a better way. So in conversation one day, I was having a discussion with an executive and the idea of Agile Management Office was born identified the need to actually change the way we did things in PMO and provide a more flexible, pragmatic, agile in terms of agility approach to the traditional PMO and decided that it was time for a new concept, a new concept that was AMO and that is how AMO was effectively born. AMO serves to serves to support the continued misalignment between organisational strategy um, through to the business as usual and operations areas, but it also helps to reduce the rigidity, the complexity, and the constant um, reinvention of the wheel with the traditional PMO models. It results in duplication of effort, and the way that it does that is through our um, with through our defined model. Um, our model is equipped with providing a more pragmatic supportive governance model that fits any industry. Um, any organization and is completely methodology agnostic so you don't actually need to have a specific methodology in place or a specific function in place to have this work it actually is a is an opportunity to enhance what you've currently got today by assessing what's there and then effectively overlaying um, irrespective of size um, better alignment through the introduction of an AMO. In further podcasts, I will share more with you about how the amo mo- model and method varies to a traditional pmo but in in light of the in light of the um, earlier comments around what i 've just discussed. These are common themes that are occurring in organizations um many many times over. They are things that I've personally seen and others have agreed have seen my team have been part of um, part of the experience where they've been in organizations where this has happened as well. I'm currently consulting and advising to a number of organizations and it's occurring there as well i mean no no organization is immune, and it seems as the bigger the organization, the more complicated um their their you know their governance structures are. In this day and age, it's important that we are looking at enterprise agility as a whole and with Agile Management Office, we are able to provide that enterprise view of agility um, and governance and making sure that it is fit for purpose and provides the right outcomes um, and the right level of support as needed for that specific organisation, unlike a traditional model which is usually a cookie-cutter approach that is you know, spread across an organisation. We have to understand that that does not necessarily work. Um, it is proving to proving to um, have its problems, um, and I think that PMOs as a whole need to continue to evolve to you know stay stay relevant um, and avoid being one of the statistics of PMOs that are that are considered failing. I think there is a lot of a lot of positive things that PMOs can do for an organisation, and I am a big believer in having a PMO. Um, I think that organisations can benefit, but the way that PMOs approach, um, the way the PMOs approach in some organisations needs to change. It needs to evolve, it needs to refresh, it needs to take a look at itself and start to change the way that it does things. If you think about project management, it's evolved so many times over, it's time for the PMOs to evolve. Um, And with Agile Management Office, we are hoping to to help to, to drive that. So that's a little bit about uh, myself and a little bit about the drivers for creating Agile Management Office. We have been around for a couple of years, about two and a half years now, um, and are really looking forward to sharing some more information, insights uh, and knowledge. You can find out more through subscribing to our newsletter, Agile Ideas. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can send me an email if you have any questions or comments about anything I've discussed today. Um, at Fatima, F-A-T-I-M-A-H dot A .A, at com. I hope that this has been helpful and has helped to provide a little bit more of a understanding as to why Agile Management Office was created, why it was born, and hopefully in future podcasts, I'll be able to share a little bit more about how it actually differs from the traditional PMO models. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. Until next time, what's your hashtag agile idea?